Hey everyone, welcome to episode 62 of Business Therapy, a show about exploring the intersection between mindfulness and business. Every week we sit down with business professionals from all walks of life to discuss how business success can always be balanced with a conscious and grounded perspective. This week we have Pete on the show. Welcome to the show, Pete. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm really looking forward to spending some time with you and of course with your audience. Absolutely. Yeah, Pete comes to us with a lot of of his own unique business perspective. We're interested to get right into that. And I think to do so, I'll go ahead and turn it over to you, Pete, and say, why don't you start with a little bit of an intro about yourself, your background and your business and, and what we want to talk about today. Yeah, cool. Well, um, long story short is I've been an entrepreneur pretty much all my life. Uh, and so I, I bought my first franchise back in 1994. And here we are, 2023, and I'm looking back, and that business still go is going today. It's not a franchise anymore because I went through the process of defranchising it about 25 years ago. Uh, but it's you know it's still going, still strong, and it's going to experience its 30th an uh, anniversary in uh, 2024. And I look back and I say, geez, you know, I it, it's interesting how quickly time goes. But uh, through all of those other that was sort of the first real business. I had some smaller businesses growing up, little landscaping stuff through university and all that kind of stuff. But uh, along that path, I ended up getting into another business and I ran, I've almost always ran a couple of businesses at the same time, almost all my career. And so I got in uh, another uh, business and we bought an underperforming cleaning franchise and it was doing about 30, um, it had about 30 customers when we bought it and we sold it 10 years later, it had 300. And so we 10 times that business, you know, around 2009, I went back to school, took my executive MBA and decided I wanted to go to work in big business, but that's when the crash happened and all that kind of stuff. I became a business broker, helping people buy and sell businesses. So that was sort of uh, a, a piece of my life as well. And that's where I found a business that I still own today. And it's called Shootopia. And we have a couple of shoe stores here in the, in, just outside, for those of you, if you're listening uh, from Toronto, you'll know where uh, Fergus and Mount Forest are. But if you don't, it's about an hour outside of Toronto here in Canada. And so we have a couple of shoe stores there, an online store and all that kind of stuff. But I spend most of my time these days coaching other entrepreneurs. And that's simplifying entrepreneurship. And that's the name of my coaching business. And I work basically um, four days a week, let's say. I work my one day a week or so with the shoe stores and the rest of my time I spend helping other entrepreneurs, having conversations with great people like you guys all around the troubles and trials of entrepreneurship. And like I, uh, today we're going to talk, I think, a little bit about the five Ps. And I say, you know, turning your frustrations as a business owner into freedoms as a business owner. Because my philosophy around being a business owner is that when you decided, or if you're in the process of deciding, but for those of us who are business owners, you kind of have to go look back every now and then and say, you know, why did I get in business? And usually it's because you had these dreams, this vision, this these goals of a better life. Well, what was that better life? It offered you some kind of freedom, whether it's the freedom to make your own choice, the freedom of time, the freedom of a relationship, you know, all those different freedoms of why maybe you didn't want to work for somebody else and be told what to do and why you were okay with the risks and the rewards associated with being a business ownership. And what happens, I find, with a lot of my clients, because they've been at it for a few years, they probably have more money now because, you know, those first startup years, it's a little, you're cash strapped and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, most of my clients anyway are at a point where they have a bit more money, but now they're saying, they're kind of rewinding and saying, hey, 
I didn't get into business to work 50, 60, 70 hours a week. I got into business because I wanted more freedom. And so, you know, it's all around this idea of sort of taking it back to what you wanted out of your business. And now let's create and craft the business to provide that to you. And that's most of what I do these days is working with entrepreneurs sort of in that sort of set, you know, and, and it's a mindset. We definitely want to get into that. And it, it definitely dovetails with a lot of uh, advice we give uh, on the show about getting back to the original energy. But how did you get into it? How did you get into helping other entrepreneurs? What, it's just, what made you want to do that? Yeah, it's it, it's just been a it's been a lifelong thing, Jonathan. Um, you know, people around me have always kind of come to me for advice and have always said, Hey, you got a few minutes. Can, can I go over this with you? And what do you think about this? And, you know, other friends and, and just acquaintances and people that I've known through a variety of businesses that I've owned. Cause we, like I said, we've had construction business, cleaning companies, retail businesses. I've done a lot of different sort of things. So people will come to me and, and ask me, you know, their opinions and a variety of different things. And, and, um, you know, a few years back, I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm actually going to flip the switch here because I do have my business running on rails at Utopia. I do have, we will flip it into the five P's. I'll just kind of give you the, what the five P's are that we'll probably dig into a little bit, but I do have the first P is my promise. The second one is my products and my process and my people. Those middle three have to align to the promise so that I have the right amount of profit. When you have the right amount of profit, then you know you can do what you want a little bit more. And my thing, Jonathan, was I wanted to work with other entrepreneurs. It's what I call my love it zone. And you know, I've got this whole you're, framework you're, around love it. You or leave what? It. My love it zone. Love it zone. It's, got it. it's what I love to do. Right. And so we have shoe stores and I love to sell shoes too. But you know, for the most part, I want to be working with other entrepreneurs and helping them through because sort of my global vision of my life and what I want out of my life and what I'm trying to do um, from a, a business standpoint is that it's my belief that entrepreneurs are the backbones of their communities. They're the ones that help with, you know, uh, any fundraising activities, you know, put a wing on the school, uh, you know, get a, get a new playground going all these different things. They're, they're the little league coaches. They're the ones that run the churches, all, all of the different things. If you give something to an entrepreneur, it usually gets done. And it's my belief that if I can do something from helping them through some of the frustrations and some of these issues, working through the things in their business that will give them either more time or more money, that they will take a portion of that and give it back. We've seen it so many, so many times. So, in my philosophy of doing this, if I can free up time and money for that entrepreneur, they're probably going to give a portion of that back. And in some small way, I've helped that community. And that makes that sort of a legacy thing for me and sort of a guiding principle of one of the reasons why I coach Jonathan. Can you expand on Love It Zone? For sure. For sure. So <laughs> the Love It Zone. Um, Really, when, when it comes down to it, there's, uh, I don't know, you guys, it's, it's a sort of all around mindfulness and stuff too. But when, when I think of the love it zone, here's how you can feel the love it zone, which I think is an interesting thing. If at the end of your day, whatever it is you're doing in your business, and I'm talking to you, the listener, if at the end of the day, you're feeling like you're completely drawn out, you're completely tired and you're ready to be done, then you're probably not working in your love it zone. 
Your love zone generally gives you energy, doesn't suck it from you. And that's sort of the at the very base level, that's the way to know if you're working in your love zone. So these conversations, Sam and John, like these conversations for me give me energy. Right? Sitting down at my desk, typing in QuickBooks and bookwork and all that kind of stuff, woof. That's like draining as can be for me. I'm good at it. I'm trained for it. I've got two business degrees. I'm actually quite good at it. And when my bookkeepers at work need sort of um, some advice, they come to me for it. But it's not something that I like to do. Just because I'm good at it doesn't mean I should be doing it. It's not what I want to do and love to do. And does that fit in the five P's? Well, it does uh, because, you know, there's the, the five P's. So do you want to sort of kick off uh, the yeah, idea yeah, unless of the five Sam, P's? Unless you, Sam, you had some intro uh no, before we kind of get the five P's, though, one thing you mentioned I did want to ask a question yeah. on, which is when you talk about people bending toward entrepreneurship because they want freedom, I find yeah. this to be a very interesting concept. What do you, well, how would you describe in your, from your perspective, what freedom is, well, freedom from what? what? Where do people feel like they're oppressed? What is that hmm. pressure that you're referring to? Well, it's not freedom from as much as it is freedom to. It's, it, maybe it's freedom from, but the real power is freedom too freedom to do what you want to do, as opposed to running away from something. Mm -hmm. Running away from something is not the reason to get into business, in my opinion. So um, that's a reason that you've got to dig deep if, if you're running from something and you just decide, well, maybe I'll be an entrepreneur. Eh, those are the ones that usually fail. So uh, go ahead, John. In, in, that, in that area, though, freedom it, it could be a matter of perspective. So, Oh, it always is. It's okay. personal. Freedom is always personal. So when, when I look at freedoms, it's like, what's the freedom of my health? What's the freedom of, you know, do I want to be drawn out and, and overweight and all these different things that happen when you're working 50, 60, 70 hours a week? And, you know, do I want the freedom of relationships? Do I want to be home for supper at night? Do I, do I want to, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example, guys. My father passed away this past fall. Okay. Oh, sorry. And, um, you know, we knew it was coming. He got diagnosed about, you know, nine months earlier with terminal cancer. And he was an older uh, fellow, you know, he's in, in his uh, 80s. But at the same time, you, you don't want your dad to die, right? So um, I live about five hours away. I'm, I'm just in the Toronto area, about an hour outside of Toronto. They're back in the Ottawa area. And so it's not exactly next door. Um, but at the same time, I made a commitment to go back and see my parents um, in the Ottawa area between three and seven days every month, uh, that year. Right. And I've been going back, say once a quarter because, you know, I love my parents. I want to see them and all that kind of stuff, but, but I wanted to be there with more of a regular rhythm to help my mom and dad through this time. If I didn't have my businesses running on rails, I would not have had the time freedom and I would not have had the relationship freedom and I would not feel good about going to do what I truly wanted to do, which was be with my parents during that time. That those are the kind of freedoms I'm talking about. Like, do you like, that's a deep one, right? Mm -hmm. But had I not already had my business running with the right process, with the right people in place, with the right rhythm aligned with the promise and had the right amount of profitability in my business, I could not have done that. But that's what I truly wanted to do with my life. That was my freedom that I wanted. So at well, the end of the day, my dad's passing was a very sad time. But the win for 2022 was the fact that I was able to spend about 30 days last year with my parents through that time to guide them and help them as much as I possibly could 
and be with them through that time. And the rest doesn't matter, right? A hundred percent. I mean, the, what a blessing. Um, what would you say to in, a person who wants to start their own business? They're in a job though. And mm -hmm. then they're worried about the lack of freedom of having to worry about revenue coming in as opposed to just the, <laughs> you know, the freedom of a paycheck or in, yeah. in the example you just raised, you know, being able to go to an employer and say, Hey, I have a, a family situation. I need some day, time off versus I have a business. And if I leave, you know, if I haven't gotten it on rails yet, uh, mm. you know, so like the, that, that perspective on relative freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, some businesses and they usually call them practices and so you if if you have that sort of idea in your mind you probably know what a practice is and most of them are like dentists doctors osteos you know all these people Lawyers. basically if they are out of the office there's no revenue coming in right unless they have a bigger team and that's why we see a lot of these group type ones and all that kind of stuff but if you're a solar practitioner it is you and you have to be okay with that because there are some freedoms that will be taken away if you're the solo practitioner. As a coach, I have coaching duties. And so when, um, you know, before we hopped on this, I say, I, I mentioned to you guys that I, I usually work hard for three weeks and I wrote work light for one week. That's a rhythm that I kind of like doing. Well, that light week, I still have some coaching duties, right? And, um, and here we're on this, on this call, because this was the time that you guys had available. And I was like, hey, you know what, I can, I can pop that in. Cause I had to coach last hour. Anyway, I can pop that in on my lighter week this week. And that's okay with me because most of my week I've had a nice light week, but at the same time, you can look at scheduling things as much as you can for rhythms around. If you're a practitioner and just, here's the thing, if you don't schedule your free time, it will be scheduled for you. For sure. But, but the distinction of freedom is not necessarily to be found in entrepreneurship versus working for yourself. Or do you generally see work, you know, entrepreneurship uh, as more as being more free? Depends on how you set it up, Jonathan. Okay. Yeah. So it's, so it's yeah. relative. Got it. Yeah. 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 Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, and this is the thing with startup and uh, especially when you're getting going, right? It's like most people don't have super deep top pockets that they can just hire everybody off on day one, right? It's the reality of it is that you have to do a lot of the stuff. What I found over the years and over coaching so many entrepreneurs and talking to so many people is that, um, it's hard to get out of that habit once you've developed that habit. Even before you were an entrepreneur, if you weren't a workaholic, typically in those first one to three, year, three years, you become one because you have to. You have to get the cash in the door in order to set up the right process and people and all the things, you know, as, and, and we can go through all kinds of stories around the five Ps. But, um, you know, the reality of it is, is the cash has to be there in order to have some who's working for you. And um, until then, it's you. And here's the other thing, even when it is you and you start having some people, a lot of people have issues with assigning accountability and they won't allow accountability, right? And until you start understanding how to allow accountability and how to set up accountability, you'll never be free. So I know you've been teasing it now, maybe a good time to dive into your 5P model. I'm sure people would love to hear the structure that you add to it. So if you don't mind... Yeah, let's yeah. go into the details. Yeah, so um, 
I love models because models are structure, Sam. You know, they give structure to things and, and they make sense of things. And, and the reason I create so many different models, I've got a lot of them, um, but it's because I need structure in my crazy head. And for those of you that are watching, you can see there's not a lot of hair up there because I've already pulled most of it out. I wish I had you guys. You guys have great hair. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's it's one of these things. Um, and, and the five piece I kind of came up with uh, a while back. And I do a lot of work on guiding principles and missions and visions and stuff like that, you know, strategy sessions. And um, the first P, which is the promise is, you know, people say, well, isn't that your vision or isn't that your mission? And I kind of say, you know, the vision and the mission of a business generally are more internally focused. Your promise is more externally focused, right? It's more, what am I promising my client, right? Or my customer, depending on how you um, want to phrase that. But, uh, and, and how do you think about a promise? And, and the quick way is, because we could talk about it for, you know, four hours, is essentially, What's your client's problem? How do you uniquely solve it so that they can enjoy a better life? So what's your client's pro pro what is your client's problem? How do you, you cheapers, I'm having a little tongue twister here. What's your client's, <laughs> what's your client's problem? How do you uniquely solve it so that they can live a better life? Because everybody buys a better life. It doesn't matter what you spend dollars on. You're thinking to yourself and you're future focusing about if I buy this today, whether it's a good or a service, doesn't matter. How will my life, life look afterwards? So from a marketing perspective, know your client's pain points, know how your products or services help them out and transfer them to a better life. And I'll flip it back into our shoe stores because it, it's an easy one. Uh, our promise is to help our customers look great and feel fantastic. Four words, look great and feel fantastic. So if we can do that, we've delivered our promise. Taking that down into the next step, we say I've broken it down into nine letters. So at Shootopia, in order for us to help you look great and feel fantastic, Here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give you an ooh feeling. And that comes when you stand in front of the mirror and you're like looking at the shoes and you're going, ooh, I look pretty good. Look great. The next one is when you close your eyes and you guys from a mindfulness perspective gets this, you, you close your eyes and you're feeling, feeling your body and you're feeling your footwear and you're saying, Ah, those feel fantastic. So if we can get you to give you the ooh and give you the ah, then you come to the aha moment. And the aha moment is I finally found the perfect pair. This pair of shoes actually makes me look good and feel fantastic. This is great. Let's go to the till, right? And so that's the kind of sort of promise that you want to put out there. My promise to people at, at, at uh, Simplifying Entrepreneurship is to help them be better decision makers so they can free up their time and do what they want to do, right? So basically, a lot of decision makers have hard times with certain decisions that hold them and keep them back from a variety of different things. And you can have several different promises within your business, different pillarized promises. You should have sort of a global one too. And then you know, after you have those promises set, now 
comes the work, which is the alignment of your products, your process, and your people. First of all, products could be services, right? Go ahead, John. Can we uh, just drill in on some, you know, so, or do you prefer, is it easier to go through it all and then, no. So in, in the promise, so like you obviously really feel, you know, the, the, the promise that you're, you're giving to your uh, customers. Uh, How do you instill that feeling in, in the team? Or how does it translate into the team wanting that same result? Well, um, the promise is outlined throughout our business and that's part of the process. And so, um, basically when we look at our promise, it's like we hire to our promise, we fire to our promise, we bring in our products to our promise. We like, everything is aligned to that promise. Our, our employee reviews are aligned to that promise. Like, can you deliver the promise and are you delivering the promise and how can we help you deliver the promise? Like everything is really aligned there. So if you have a very clear focused promise, that's clearly communicated of another framework called the CPA, which uh, is communication process and accountability. And so from that side of things, it's got to be clearly communicated, detailed and process oriented and have the right accountabilities. Okay. So I should have let you go on with the piece. <laughs> it's, it's all good, you know, because it, all of these things link in together, Jonathan. And, you know, the idea is that you, you get the craziness out of your entrepreneurial head and into some sort of framework that you can communicate to everybody in your business. So let's move on to profit then and finish, finish the conversation. Move on to profit. No, no, um, the, well, oh, okay. Product. product? Yeah. The next Oh, P. I'm sorry. Yeah. He was in yeah, the sure. middle. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I yeah, need yeah, to jump sure. ahead. Yeah. So um, on the product side of things, we have, you know, whether you're product or service-based business, the idea there is that you're ensuring after you've done this homework on the promise, now you got to go back and make sure that your products are aligned because, you know, here's, here's something that's scary that I hear a lot. We've always done it that way. Hmm. Just because you've always done something that way doesn't mean that that's the way forth. And that's a scary thing when somebody says we've always done it that way. And we see so many things being disruptor, being disruptors. I mean, the big disruptor these days is chat GPT, right? And so chat GPT is disrupting copywriting. It's disrupting coding. It's disrupt. Like everybody's saying, Oh my God, I'm gonna lose my job because of chat GPT. It's an AI that's taking over. And I love chat GPT. It's a great thing. I look at it as an augmenter, not as, not as something that's going to take away what I do. So, you know, in the way we look at the different products, that have to align to that promise. So, so, and I mean, they're uniquely yours because, you know, we're talking to a cross section of a lot of different business owners, but you know, in, in, if I was going to say in my footwear stores, um, I'm, I don't carry six inch heels because they do make you look great, but they don't always feel so fantastic. So we're more of a comfort oriented store, right? And that's sort of making sure that those products are aligned are so crucial. Next step is the process, right? And here's another tricky one for a lot of small business owners, guys. And I'm sure you've seen this out there. So, but the key then is in the product, you can't be everything to everybody. You can't, you you can't, it, it has to deliver the promise. How it's, you, you know, remember the middle part of the promise is it's uniquely yours. So what is your unique cross section of products and services differently from everybody else? That's going to take them from their problem to 
their better life, right? You do the same thing with the process, guys. It's the same thing, right? But the problem with a lot of small business owners is their process is in their head. <laughs> so everybody's like, well, process, you, you actually want me to document everything? I'm like, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's got to start somewhere. So where does it start? It starts with the lowest hanging fruit. You start documenting, how do we answer the phone? How do we open the store? How do we clean the toilets? How, like simple documentation. But if you don't document that stuff, the next person that gets assigned the accountability may not do it the way you need it done. And then you're retraining again and things aren't right and everything goes weird and you're not delivering your promise the way you want it to be delivered. It's out of whack. There's so many different ways to, to set up process and people get all confused and worried and everything because they need a binder that's four feet high and all that kind of stuff. But these days with technology, I mean, something as simple as Loom, which is a wonderful tool that lets you share a video and your screen and you can kind of guide people through it. We use a lot of Loom. We do have backup, but even a video that you could use something like Otter AI to transcribe for you is going to give you 90% of what you need for your manual. So, you know, there are a lot of great tools today that will help you create what you need for process. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great model, the five P's. And thank you for going into detail um, from your perspective. I would wonder in terms of how, because to a certain extent, profit, as you mentioned, is something that you can decide. And it, it, as an entrepreneur, particularly, you can have a promise and profit can be high or low around a given promise, depending on maybe how you want to execute. Do you usually think that it's a part of the core conversation you have with your clients about what kind of lifestyle they want or what kind of, I'm wondering how much you separate or if you do at all, what people's vision for their life looks like with that profit level or with those things they can control. Almost everything, Sam, starts with a conversation around what do you want out of your life, right? Like, that's why I started even this conversation. It's like, remember back when you started your business and you had this picture? So I like to take all of my clients back to that because that's the starting point to have clarity around what you're going to need from your business, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're not getting that yet, then we go to work on saying, okay, well, if we do this, what, what levers does that tweak. And if we do this, what does that tweak? Maybe you'll make me less money this year, but maybe you'll make more next year. Like all of those things come into the sort of modifying of the business that needs to happen in order to create the life and give you the life that you want. Because you know what? Um, not everybody wants to live in a 10,000 square foot mansion in Hawaii. That's just not, that's just not everybody's entrepreneurial dream. Um, some people would prefer to, um, you know, be, be spending more time uh, working at the Humane Society um, while while giving, um, you know, having their business work for them and provide what they need so they have the freedom to do something else. I mean, that's the beauty of business ownership. You, you have the choices of doing what you want to do with your time when you're a business owner, right? What we need to do is we need to get that business in a position to deliver that to you, whether it's more time, whether it's more money, whether, you know, do we need to grow this area? Do we need to take money out to start something else? Like all of those different things come into the play, but they're all the free, they're all at the creative freedom of the business owner themselves. So that's the real most important piece is to go back so that they can truly understand what they want out of 
their life. Because until they truly understand what they want in their life, they're going to have some friction with their business because, you know, it's just going to, it's going to, we, we talked about it a little bit before your time will be taken by things that you don't want it to be taken by. Right. And you also mentioned earlier this concept of if you're just running away from something, if you're starting your business because you're running away, yeah, then your life, the vision for your life would be, I, I assume, shallowly or, or insubstantial, shallowly substantiated or insubstantial. And thus you would say this business is likely not going to work out. Do you have to give a lot of coaching on that level to people who say, I want to start a business. I just want to make a ton of money. And if you get a feeling their intentions are not there or that yeah. they're they're not well thought out, do you then counsel almost because you can't have a business like what you're saying if you can't get a life vision that makes sense? I think. Um, I'll just I'll just be quite frank, uh, Sam. Uh, I would know that in the, in a discovery call with them, and I probably wouldn't take them on as a client because there's not much I could do for them, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's just that's just not who I coach to. Yeah. Uh, so- so who who let's let's just pause there. Who who don't who don't you coach people whose life vision Most, is just to make a lot of money? Yeah, yeah, and, and are in the startup phase and have never ran businesses before. That <laughs> you know th- that is a different coach than me. I, yeah. I would I would suggest on that discovery call that I was probably not the right coach for them. Yeah, we probably yeah. would suggest that there isn't a coach that could help ultimately solve that riddle for someone. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think that's part of our duty too, uh, Sam and John as coaches is to, is to tell people I'm not the right fit, you know? And, um, yeah, I don't have a problem doing that because I don't need to coach. I coach because I want to coach. And, and if I'm not going to get the energy and the excitement of working with a client, then I will just choose not to. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't fit within your promise. Mm. doesn't it just doesn't work for me i mean i'm I'm very clear about what like i know what i want to do uh and what i can do and if i feel that i can help somebody and and help help them through their frustrations to get more freedoms then i'm all in uh but if i don't feel that then i'll just tell them you know either maybe if i know somebody that might be a better fit for them i'll refer them and if i don't i'll just say you know what keep looking and i'm probably not the right one for you yeah. And we, we said about, we talked a little bit about it in the five P's too, because it's as much as it's important to attract the right fit, it's also just as important to repel the wrong fit. Yeah. In and all I, of our businesses. And I think that's right. And I think that's great to set those kind of boundaries because it's not going to serve them or you. But what I find more fascinating that I want to highlight here, and I'd, I'd love to get your perspective on, is that the five P's and a lot of this, this great supplemental or enabling thinking for business owners, you have to have a life vision that's has a certain level of maturity or has a certain level of substance before that can be applied. And I think for a lot of people, when they hear freedom, when they hear business or becoming an entrepreneur, their goal is to be successful. And success right. a lot of times can be very the very simply put in, we want financial success. We want to be able to buy what we want. We want to be able to do what we want. But I find it very mm-hmm. fascinating that your response to somebody who's thought about it to that extent is, I don't think you're coachable yet. So, and, and I think that's perfectly valid, but I want to get your take on, do you just feel generally you need to be at a certain point of maturity in your life or have a certain level of, of self-awareness before you can even enter an entrepreneurial venture? Um, I mean, I've, I started my first business when I was about 14, uh, cutting grass and doing all that sort of stuff. And uh, so no, um, 
but but at the same time, it depends on what the goal of the business is, I guess. Uh, and you know, uh, I I know a lot of different entrepreneurs, and I know people that have been in business a very very long time that shouldn't be in business, and you know, they aren't living the lives they want to, whether it's financially or whether it's you know other things and around relationships or around their own personal health and stuff like that. And I've even had chats with with personal. Um, people that I know in my sphere of, of friends and stuff and saying, you know, I don't know that business ownership is right for you. Uh, and, um, you know, they're still doing it and they're still struggling and, and stuff like that, but people are going to make their own calls and that's okay. You know, if they're okay with the way things are, then they're going to do things the way things are. And as coaches, we don't run the race as coaches. We're, we're there to be their coach. If you think of it from an Olympic standpoint and, you know, you have uh, whomever, Andre DeGrasse running, running the 100 meters, you know, uh, it's his coach isn't running the 100 meters. It's him. Yeah. And if that person isn't willing to take the action and advice and go through the conversations and go through the deep think and go through the strategy and do all the things they need to do. And basically, sometimes it's even just get off the couch right? Mm -hmm. Then, then they're not coachable. And, and I have released people that are not coachable as well. Cause it's like, listen, we've had these conversations many, many times. And if you, if you, if you don't want to kind of do these things and I'm not the right coach for you, I think you need somebody else to help you out. Cause I'm not getting, you know, you ahead when we had that first call and you told me you wanted this life you're not doing any of the things in the middle piece to get you there. <laughs> and I'm, I, you know, the difference between a coach and a consultant is coaches don't actually do the work consultants do. So, you know, if you're looking for certain things done for you, then you hire a consultant, you hire a marketing company if you don't want to do your social and the marketing company will do the social for you. But if you're looking for social a social coach, which I am not, um, then you hire a social coach and they train you and teach you and guide you and all the other stuff around how to be good at social, but it's you doing the social. That's what a coach does. Yeah. So well, a lot of people hire coaches sometimes thinking that it's a done for you model, but that's actually a consultant. And I don't, I don't even know if hiring a consultant is going to get the job done a lot of the time. <laughs> well, that's another issue. <laughs> yeah. I have one question. Uh, how would you define freedom? So like we, we, we gave examples of what freedom is not and, you yeah. know, like I'd love to be free to eat chocolate all the time, but that's not yeah. real freedom, you know, like, cause that's, uh, now, now I'm beholden to needing that, uh, needing the chocolate all the time. So, I, I, you know, John, I think freedom is, is unique to every single person and, um, my freedoms and your freedoms are different and that's okay. But what, what and, would be a commonality between them? Well, typically when, when I, when I look at, at the freedoms of life, you know, the freedoms of life to me are the freedom to live, live the way I want to. So, um, I, I want to be able to move the way I want to move and, you know, the, the flexibility of, of actually having my personal body in, in shape to do what I want it to do. If I don't have that, the freedom of my mental health and the freedom of my physical health the other ones kind of aren't as good, right? Because personally, 
I have to, and I'm not, um, I'm not ripped. I'm not sort of like super, uh, you know, all of that stuff, but, but I do watch my health and I am conscious about all of that sort of stuff because I know if I'm not mentally and physically healthy, I can't have a healthy life. I'll tell a little story, a quick story on that one, which, you know, about a year and a half or so ago, my mom, my mom's had, was having a hard time. And I was there talking um, to her and she was on, on her bed and I was sitting on her bed with her and, and she had had maybe a run of about five really bad days where she couldn't get out of bed and uh, was mentally stressed and, and all that sort of stuff. And she said, you know, Pete, the only thing I want is to feel better again. At the end of the day, when it comes down to that, and the only thing that matters in life is that you feel well enough to get up out of bed and live, the rest doesn't matter. So how important is health? Health is number one, mental and physical. Next to me is relationships. And I told you already a story about my relationships and my father, my mom and stuff like that. And just as important are, of course, my wife and my kids and all that sort of stuff uh, around, you know, I've got certain parameters around what I like for that to look like. My business isn't as, poor, isn't as important as my family and my personal friends. That's my freedom. That's my choice. Some people, they put their business above all that. I, I don't. So I sacrifice certain things because I choose to do things the way I do them. But that's my choice as a business owner, right? And then I go down into sort of the mission, the purpose, and and these other things that I like to do around the freedoms of my time, right? Time freedom is very, very, there's only 24 hours in a day. How are you going to use them, right? For sure. Well, great. So, yeah, all sorts of freedoms. And I think you can bucketize several of them, but ultimately they're all unique for everybody. Yeah. Well, there's no question, at least on this show, that entrepreneurship is a way to actualize. You have a lot more room to explore in your life. And I yeah. think that you've certainly given us a lot of great pointers and thoughts from your perspective in dealing with so many businesses and your passion around coaching. As we yeah. kind of wrap up the conversation, do you have any last words or thoughts you'd like to impart on our audience, Pete? Um, you know, we, we're talk we did talk a little bit about the love it zone. And I've got a little it's a it's a, a download basically and and a little video and um I'm just put it up for another group that I'm doing. So I'll, I'll include that as part of our uh, a little giveaway for somebody that wants to dig into what is your love it zone. And uh, you can find that at simplifyingentrepreneurship.com forward slash love it. And from that perspective, it, it will kind of help you work through what you truly love to do. And this, this is one that's interesting because there's a, a process to what you love to do at home and what you love to do at work. Because as entrepreneurs, it's kind of yin and yang a lot of time, right? We're, we're battling this home stuff and the work stuff. So, uh, it's a, it's a cool exercise for a lot of entrepreneurs around home and work and what you're truly loving to do so that you can start to clarify what it is that you need to do within your business to work more of the time that you have in your love it zone. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing that, Pete. It's been a great conversation. For those of you listening, thanks for tuning in this week. And we look forward to talking to you again next week on Business Therapy. Thank you very much.